God, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you that you're here with these teenagers. Thank you that it doesn't matter how old we are, that we can connect to your heart. And we just love you with everything inside of us. We thank you for the courage it takes to come up and to speak your heart. And we just pray peace over every student that touches this microphone. And we just thank you that it's your heart coming out today, that you are doing a good work in, in relentless in this church, in this city, in this country, Lord. We just honor you. And we are so grateful for who you are. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for everything. It's in your amazing name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, Destiny family. We are so excited about Student Takeover today. It's going to be a good morning. Get ready to take notes because God is speaking through these teenagers. He's speaking to their hearts, and we can't wait for you to see what he's doing. And uh, just as Noah comes up, just pray. We just are praying peace over every teenager because it takes a lot of guts to come up here on this stage. So let's give it up for Noah. It's going to be a great day. My name is Noah. Um, I'm reading Romans 11. Um, I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite. I chose that verse because God spoke to me and said that it means a lot because it means God will never leave you and he'll respect you or he will never reject you. And he stays by our side no matter what we're going through. Uh, uh, can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? I'm going to pray real quick here. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Um, I pray that everyone is healed in this place and uh, that everyone has the courage. Everyone who else comes up on this stage has the courage to speak. Amen. My name is Jocelyn Henderson. I go to Destiny Christian School, and I'm an eighth grader going into ninth grade next year, and I'll be speaking about faith today. The definition of faith is a complete trust in someone or something. Now, faith is something you can't hold or see. It's something you have to believe in or put into perspective. So if you would turn your Bibles to Hebrews 11, it says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now I know this verse very well because of Pastor Tabitha, because we did it in D Kids a bunch. <laughs> and if I was Pastor Lawrence, I would show the video of her, which that's very embarrassing, so I'm not. <laughs> and when I was looking up the definition of faith, I uh, found on Google, which that's what my generation does, we go look it up on Google, <laughs> and found that it says that faith is like an on and off switch, which I thought that was very funny for some reason. <laughs> 
but uh, what I want to talk to you about first is even when you can't see God, if you put your faith in him, he is faithful. I'm going to be talking about David when he was younger. When he was in the field one day, he was watching his sheep and a lion approached one of his sheep and without even thinking about it, he just got up and went after the lion and defeated the lion and he also defeated a bear soon after that. And then the second thing I want to talk to you about is faith is not only seeing, but it's also moving or stepping out in faith. Now, talking about David when he was going to Goliath to defeat him, he wasn't even worried about, well, maybe he wasn't even worried about that God just not going to be there for him. He was always there. He was always moving. And David just put his faith in him, stepped out, and worshipped him no matter what was going on in his life. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Even though you are, may already think what your life holds, but it can change in an instant. Faith, you, you move with faith and not by sight. Faith isn't something that is easy. It's hard because you don't know what it's going to hold soon, later, or after you think about that. Uh, in Matthew chapter 21, 22, it says, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. But it's not always what we ask for. It's what he's already had a plan for us and what he's already put in our life. Will you please bow your heads? <laughs> Dear Jesus, I pray for this day, and I pray that whatever I have said will touch one person in many ways. And I pray that just moving in faith and not by our sight or what is going on in our lives, that we'll just believe in you no matter what is going on. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is Zach Lowe. youth. I'm really impressed with uh, what our students are capable of. They, they really do inspire me on a regular basis. Uh, my name is Zach, and I'm not a teenager. Uh, I have been involved in Relentless Student Ministry for 12 years now. Um, I know I don't look that old, so uh, I appreciate that compliment. I, I receive that, and I'm going to hold on to that. But uh, we are focus on Hebrews 11 today, reading out of that chapter. And I've read this a lot over the last few weeks preparing for today. I'm going to be starting in chapter 8, but before we do that, let's, uh, let's pray. God, we just, we thank you so much for the opportunity, for the gift that we have to be in relationship with you. And uh, we just commit this time to you right now. I just ask that your words be spoken and uh, just allow me to get out of the way and to offer, offer what it is that you have to bring. I just thank you so much for our student ministry and what you're doing in their lives. And uh, I just thank you for this place that uh, is just a wonderful opportunity for them to come in and grow and know you. We pray this in your name. Amen. So. Uh, before I get started, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to Pastor Chris for leading us, and thank you to 
um, our pastor Lawrence and staff and just you church uh, for giving us the opportunity. Every Wednesday, we get to come into here and take over um, this incredible space and uh, just work with these incredible kids. And then you guys have the audacity to trust us to come in and take over an entire service. I know a lot of churches would not do that, but as you can tell, our kids are capable. God is doing incredible things in their lives, and they are very gifted. So uh, thank you all. We appreciate that. Uh, what I want to share with you today is nothing new. I don't feel like I'm bringing any uh, new information whatsoever. I just want to share with you guys exactly what um, God is speaking in his word and really just what, what I took away from it and uh, what, I, what I want to uh, maybe offer a, a new perspective, but not exactly new information. So uh, starting in Hebrews 11, verse 8. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many of the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So, uh, first off, if you've not read the book of Hebrews, specifically this chapter and, and chapter 12, I encourage you to do so. I spent a lot of time uh, over the last month reading particularly chapter 11, and there's just there's so much uh, richness in there that uh, just every time I read it, I felt like I was being, uh, my eyes were being opened to something new and incredible that God has done in his people uh, over the years. But starting in verse 8, I want to go back through this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And this just shows us that faith is going even when we don't see the destination. And I feel like so often God calls us into something and uh, he, wants, he wants to bring us on a journey into a, an incredible story that he has planned for us. And uh, if, if you're anything like I am or... Uh, my kids are like this. Anytime we leave the house, they want to know every step of the way. They want to know where we're going. And uh, it can get exhausting as a dad uh, to have to tell them every single detail. And I think a lot of times with God, we do that. We want to know, uh, what, where is this going to end up? I want to know every single step of the way as if uh, God needs our input. Like, hey, I'm not so sure about that step, God. Are you sure that's what, we, what you want me to do? Uh, and the fact of the matter is, he's really only giving us the next step a lot of the time. 
He's saying, here, I want you to take this next step. And then when you do that, I can reveal the next one to you, and so on and so forth. And that's how faith works. It, it works a step at a time. It's, it's building. It can't, we can't tell God that we trust him and then say, as long as you give me all the details. Or I trust you as long as I agree with what you're asking me to do. That's not faith. He's asking us to step out even when we don't know uh, where we're headed. Verse 9 By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Faith is living a day at a time with what you've been given. Abraham went to this foreign land. He had nothing but a tent to live in, no permanent place of residence, uh, very little belongings, obviously whatever they could carry with them. And he just trusted that God's promise of the promised land, of an inheritance, of generations uh, that would come after him. He just trusted that that was going to happen without, again, without seeing uh, what was going to happen. He just trusted God. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and building is God. Faith is looking forward to what is to come and knowing that it's going to happen, even when we don't see it. Uh, Verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Sarah had no business having a child, not anywhere close. And uh, what I love about the story of Sarah is whenever she was first being told that she was going to have a son, she laughed. Like, I mean, that just seems like a typical reaction. I don't know about you guys. That's kind of how I, someone, someone says I'm called to do something or I'm, I'm supposed to do something or they're trying to pull me into a place of uh, authority or leadership or whatever it is. And I have a tendency to kind of laugh at that. Like me? Do you know who I am? Do you think I'm capable of that? Sarah's probably thinking, do you know how old I am? Right? Uh, but God was calling her into something. And, you know, in here it doesn't talk about her lack of faith. Okay? Again, it says, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. She considered God faithful. And that's, that's the thing. Faith is believing in God's promise because he is faithful, not because I am. And because he is faithful, then I am, I am able to then be faithful. You know, your abilities don't qualify you. God does. If you try to sit down and make a list of the things that, well, these are my gifts. All right, what can I do for God? Uh, then he's probably not going to be able to use you. You're probably not in a place uh, ready to be used. God wants to uh, qualify you outside of what you think you're capable of doing. Because, again, his plan for you is so much bigger than anything you can come up with, anything you can dream of, anything you can imagine. Uh, We limit ourselves. We may think, well, this is an incredible uh, goal that I have, something I want to attain. And God's saying, that's it? I have so much more planned for you. And until we're truly ready to submit to that, then he's not going to be able to use us as effectively. Um. We have a tendency to disqualify ourselves, and I, I can understand that firsthand. I still remember the first ever lesson that I taught as a teacher. I was in my, I think it was third year of college, first year in the uh, education program at UCO, and uh, one of the very first things you have to do as far as in the field goes is observation in a classroom. And I had to do something like 30 or 40 hours of classroom observation. And at the end of it, I was required to finally teach a lesson. And uh, 
I remember thinking like, yeah, this is kind of what I've been preparing for. This is what life is going to be like. This is if it, I'm going to be doing this every single day. And I remember getting up in front of this class of kids, and I was just absolutely terrified. And I sputtered through it, and it was terrible. I have no doubt that it was one of the, the worst lessons I've ever taught, if not the worst lesson I've ever taught. But I remember walking away thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know. It, my my uh, last few years of school and preparation and thought process have been towards I'm going to be a teacher, and now that I actually have to teach, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I don't think I'm cut out. God, are you sure this is where you're leading me? And uh, we had a very serious conversation, God and I, about trying to figure this out because I just, I, I did not feel like I was qualified, like I was capable, like I could handle standing in front of kids and trying to teach them something. It just didn't seem like something that was, uh, I was made out to do. And God kept reminding me of what he was calling me into because this was God's will for my life to be a teacher. And I, I genuinely believed that and had prayed for it. And over the following years, you know, obviously I had to go and do student teaching, and that was intimidating at first. But before long, my mentor teacher, he just kind of turned the classroom over to me, and he, I, I, he pretty much got that semester off, I guess. And I ran the show, and I started to feel like, you know, maybe this is something I could do. Uh, and then I started my first year at Destiny Christian School, and it was chaotic. I was, I was not as good as I would have wanted to be, but... I stuck with it, and God really started to work in me. And I, I, I'm coming up on finishing up my 12th year of teaching, and uh, I feel like I'm finally starting to learn something. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I feel like I'm finally getting to a point where maybe I can be a good teacher someday because uh, <laughs> that's how it feels a lot of the time. But, again, it wasn't so much about what what I felt like I was capable of doing, but it was the call that God was bringing me into. And looking back, if I, if I had asked God to show me the plan from the get-go, that very first lesson, I would have bailed so fast. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, I do not like standing on a stage with a microphone, especially talking to adults. You guys creep me out, Okay. <laughs> Uh, talking to kids is easy because I know it doesn't really matter what I say. They're going to think I'm a dork. Um, but you guys are my peers, and I feel like I have to, I don't know, carry some air of professionalism that sometimes I lack. So you guys can be intimidating. Props to our students for coming up here and staring you guys in the eyes. You can be very intimidating, especially this rowdy group over here. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Uh, but... Moving on in verse 12. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. I love that phrase, as good as dead. Talking about Abraham here. He was an old man. I don't care how old you feel here today. Abraham was old, and he was too old to be a father. Uh, <laughs> He was old, right? And this says that he was as good as dead. And what I love is God can take what is as good as dead and use it for his purpose. So it doesn't matter what you're walking through, what your scenario is, what you've done in the past, and you think, I'm as good as dead. God can't use me. I think if anything, this is evidence that God wants to use that. And 
your, your situation is so much more capable of being used for God's purposes if you're just willing to submit and accept the promise. And that was the thing. God made a promise, many promises to Abraham, and he took that and he held on to it. Verse 13 moves on, and it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged they were strangers and exiles on the earth. You know, Abraham didn't get to see the full promise come into fruition. And that speaks to me as an adult father of four kids that, you know, there's, there's promises that God's put over me that perhaps I'm not going to see completely come into fruition. And I can't look at that as God didn't answer his promises. That's not it at all. It's that he wants us to have a faith that he's going to take us to a point, our time here on earth, and then hopefully if we've done the things that we're supposed to do, that that can be carried on in the generations that are coming after. And that's, that's really the message that I have uh, for everybody in this room is we can't just be so focused on what I'm doing in my time for me. But, and, and I love that our church does this. You guys are so focused on setting up this next generation church for success. And not success by earthly standards, but building a faith that ultimately is going to last in eternity. Because, again, this says, Abraham, they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. We're here temporarily. This is, this is like a, a visiting time. It continues in verse 14, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Abraham was seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. So they weren't focused on what was behind them, what, where they had come from, because ultimately they could have gone back to that. Abraham was focused on what was ahead, and ultimately he realized there was a heavenly homeland that was calling him, and it was going to far outlive his time here on earth. Verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. The facts didn't add up for Abraham. God promised him a son, Isaac. God promised him descendants that would number as the stars in the sky, the grains of sand on the seashore. And Isaac was that son, and he saw that promise come into fruition. And then he sees God's about to snatch the promise out from under him. Why would God do that? But I love the way that this is worded. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. Another version says he reasoned that God was able to raise him from the dead. And the thing is, we can look at the facts and the figures and the numbers of our situation here on earth, and we can think we have an idea of what this means. But faith is understanding that God's perspective is so much different than ours. We see the tiniest little piece of the picture, and he's looking at the grand scheme of all of eternity. And so Abraham really did have to step out in faith and understand that he had been promised something, and he had it in his hands, but he still had to understand that that was God's, and he had to give that back to God, knowing that, you know, maybe God will step in. And, and I think it's interesting that it says he understood that God could bring him back from the dead, and this was before 
Jesus was walking around calling Lazarus out of the tomb, right? This was, Abraham had to arrive to this conclusion on his own through God. And if the band could go ahead and start to come back up, this is kind of where I want to land. You know, I spent a lot of time, as I said, reading Hebrews 11 and uh, even going on into Hebrews 12 and preparing. I really wanted to bring something that would be inspiring and um, kind of tie all of this together for you all and leave you with something to think about. But in the process, God inspired me so much. He just revealed uh, something for me personally. And yesterday, I, as I was finalizing my thoughts, I realized, like, God's revelation for me in the process was going to be so much more than anything I could bring for you. And that's because I was having a direct conversation with him. And ultimately, that's what he's calling us to do. You know, Pastor Lawrence, he comes up here, and he's, he spends so much time in prayer and preparation to bring God's honest revelation. But that can only carry you so far if you're not finding that on your own. And, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't plan all of this with singing this Monday morning faith song. We've just started singing, but it's, it's so true. We can't live off just Sunday. We can't live off mom and dad's faith. And for the adults in the room, you do your job as far as developing your relationship with God and building your faith, and you hope to pass that on to your kids, and that's, that's really what we're trying to do. But someday they have to find it for themselves. And in the process of that, I just want to make sure that I'm doing my job. And by my job, I mean my, my purpose, my, God's plan for my life. He put me here for a reason to speak into the lives of my children, first and foremost, but into students that I have in a classroom, into the students we have in this building. And I genuinely believe that we've all been called to pour into the next generation in some form or fashion. Whether you have kids or not, there's somebody that you, you need to be paying your faith forward into somebody because God's promise there's only so much of it that you get to see happen, and then the rest is coming after you. You, you have a time here, and, and it's, I, I believe God's called you to a purpose for when you're here, and then that's supposed to be passed on to the next generation. So Abraham had faith in God's promises, and he saw that to a point, but his descendants had to carry that on. They had to find it for themselves and ultimately continue to see God's promises uh, come into play. So if you will, let's stand, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to go back into worship. God, I just, I pray right now your blessing over, over this place, over the people in this place, that uh, ultimately we can just continue to seek you out. And as you reveal your will for us, give us the power and the confidence to step out into those things. It can be incredibly terrifying to, to seek heavenly principles in such a, a chaotic world that we live in. So I just pray right now for confidence and discernment in, in stepping into the things that you want us to do. We love you and we thank you. So as we go into worship, I want to challenge you. And you can, you can start this right now in this moment. You know, we at Destiny, one thing that we always do is GP2RL. We want to bring God's presence to real life. So I want to challenge you this, this week to spend some purpose time praying for the next generation church and asking God to reveal how can you play a role as a spiritual father or mother or mentor, whatever that looks like. Because again, I believe that we each have somebody that we're, we're supposed to be pouring into. And God, 
God didn't call us to be inspirational. He called us to be relational. So find who that is in your life. And um, I genuinely believe if you just commit that to God, conversations are going to take place that are going to change lives. And he gives you the words that need to be spoken. We start to go into worship. I want to challenge you with something. You know, earlier we had our 10 o'clock prayer time. We were praying over students and praying over what was going to happen. And I want to make sure we never step into something with the wrong perspective. And how many of you guys think our students did a phenomenal job today? Outstanding. Zach, great job. But we're not concluding a talent show. We're not. We're going back into worship as part of a service and a message that our students brought. And this wasn't about, hey, look how great our students are. Look at all the great talents and abilities they are. They are super talented. They've got incredible abilities. But this is more, hey, look what God will do with anyone who is willing and available. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made or things that have gone wrong. If you're willing to say, hey, here I am, then God's willing to use you. And I want to challenge you as we worship. Let's really worship. Let's press into what God has for you today. Let's worship. If you need prayer, our prayer teams are going to be available underneath the screens on either side of the stage. We've got communion in the back. You can go worship and take communion as a part of that. You can come to the front and worship with us as we worship and press in. You can give at our giving stations in the back and worship through your giving. Let's step outside of our comfort zone. Let's not sit back and watch a presentation. Let's participate with a move of God that is going on this morning, that it needs to be released, not just in a younger generation, but in each generation as we move in today. Let's worship together.